It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Wednesday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Wednesday edition. Boone, welcome in. Uh, missed you on Monday, but uh, no show on Monday as holiday uh, came calling. But uh, how you doing, man? Welcome in. Marvelous. Uh, had a little getaway. It's amazing how many things are in Pigeon Forge close by that we have actually <laughs> never seen. Yeah, yeah, Pigeon Forge. There's a lot of stuff in Pigeon Forge. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, a lot of people, from what I hear, this past weekend. Have you ever been to that uh, Pottery Cafe restaurant? No. Spaced their tables out a little bit. Unbelievable food. Salmon and salad, lots of options you could go with there. But uh, did they? Did so they had salmon and salad and salt and all s word food. I was focusing on the 100 superfoods. Got one or two of them going there. The people were not, uh, they spaced out the tables. Uh, most of the uh, the actual masks were like from employees. And I would say, I well, you know there were maybe 50 people in there eating. Hmm. I'll tell you, uh, if you haven't learned this from Boone already, like he doesn't do anything not on purpose. Like even down to what he just said. he What he chose to eat was because he was looking for a superfood. Like he cracks me up. Boone's Boone's got a plan. Boone's got an agenda. Yeah, but my memory. Uh, see, I, I'll learn them one day and then I'll forget them. That's why three days write, later I have to rememorize. That's why you write everything down. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes. You just need more pockets on them britches so you can uh, stuff my notes in. You can keep your notes. Y'all see my envelopes, right. newspapers, toilet paper. Hey, I write on anything and an idea comes. Yeah, somebody, yeah, yeah, napkins, the whole deal. Somebody asked me one time, they said, is it envelope or envelope? And I'm like, well, I feel like if, if you're if you're down to splitting those hairs, then you, you just either one you feel like. Wherever you're from. <laughs> yeah. What do you say, Boone? You say envelopes. I pretty much catch myself. If I'll pay attention, I'll say uh, envelope. So uh, there was a there was a, from where I'm from, uh, there was somebody that said envelope. I'm like, well, that's a different emphasis. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hey, have you ever been to the uh, Alcatraz Museum up there? No, I'm pretty I'm pretty much a loser when it comes to those tourist traps up there. Like I've went to most every go kart track that that's up there. And pretty much most most of the restaurants, obviously not not a couple of the newer ones, but uh, no, no, I, I try to, I don't know. I haven't even went in that little room that they say you can fly in, which I feel like would be kind of cool. I actually got arrested in there. Um, you got to be careful going through there. Now there was one, uh, one part they had the, uh, well, they were, mostly these were serial killers. and uh, Oh, yeah, had, like Fruit Loops and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, those guys. They had their name, and then the the uh, last meal they requested. One guy ordered uh, two quarts of ice cream. That's 
thought, what? I'm looking at, you know, real food, special thing they liked, and all of a sudden some some guy just, no, nah, it's the CSI section in there. A lot, lot of learning stuff, but if you're going to read and actually kind of pay attention and learn, you would need like three and a half hours to get through some of that. Now, I don't know why it would take you that long. You're Slow a- reader. <laughs> Or just a reader in general. I got arrested. I had to make bail. Oh, no. Oh, no. But, Boone, uh, since we've talked last, uh, a lot of cool things have come out uh, between the Southeastern Conference deciding they're going to they're gonna let football players back in facilities starting June the 8th. Um, the Coke 600 happened over the weekend, uh, and, and the drama that was that. Uh, the match happened over the weekend. Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning. Of course, Team Woods and Manning uh, got the victory on that one. And then uh, yesterday, as soon as yesterday, University of Tennessee has released some some form of, of schedule for the fall. And, uh, and Boone, it's, it's opened the door right up uh, for us to have football in the fall. I, uh, I don't want to count my chickens because, again, uh, things can happen between now and then that would, would definitely derail this situation. Uh, but heard yesterday, early to mid-August, uh, college will start on-campus learning uh, with some stipulations. What do you think about that, Boone? It's a step. I'll take it. Won't you take step one? I'm a yeah. I, a step forward is better than better than a step backwards. And and, and you know, I kind of the 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 details I've heard is basically no breaks. You know what I'm saying? No leaving of campus kind of weekends. You know, long weekends, no fall break, no no anything. Uh, and they're looking to to keep it to basically you start mid-August, you're done uh, right before Thanksgiving. Uh, they'll do a a online classes if the if the class is 50 students or more. And then if it's 50 or less, they can do on campus and they'll do it in the larger lecture halls so that they can spread them out. But, uh, you you know, I think it's smart to go down that path of uh, you don't leave once you get here, because I feel like uh, as a university, they can somewhat contain some things. They can add some extra cleanings and and do some things, mandate some things. Uh, But once you let people go back home, I mean, you kind of open yourself up. I mean, even Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge, I spoke to that a little bit yesterday with some people, is I'm like, the only thing that scares me about those places is is that's not all East Tennessee folk over. You, you know what I'm saying? That's that's a exactly. It's kind of a melting pot over there a little bit. And, uh, and that's the thing that makes me nervous about all of this as far as opening back up tourism and stuff like that is the fact that we just have a lot of – uh, inundation from from a lot of different states and and a lot of different maybe risk points. But uh, love that the university has thought this thing out. Love that they're getting kids back on campus. Uh, and, and ultimately, uh, they said they're going to do a lot of the finals online, uh, which is what they finished you know this this year with. Right. So I don't think that's very very much different. But is this a uh, uh, again a tentative plan? Or do you think this is, you know, barring just some major setback, uh, this is the way this thing's going to roll? I, re- I read a couple of pieces on it, and the thing that stepped out in my mind, Wayno, was, uh, again, keep in mind, we're shooting at a moving target. So uh, whatever position, first or second, you said tentative, I'm going to go with that for now. Um, 
we've seen enough things at work where you can kind of glance at it and learn from it. And I think they're doing this like on our breaks. We'll go into a place there and, you know, you'll spend two or three minutes. I noticed UT, uh, they're going to extend the time between classes. I think that's a good move. Um, but we'll spend three or four minutes cleaning up the place, sanitizing it, getting it ready, you know, to eat there. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, it's time to go back. So they're going to have to really space it out and they want to avoid uh, people density for the most part. Well, and, and I think that's, you know, that's the, I don't want to say the next hurdle, but that's a hurdle down the road uh, that, that even, even college football is going to have to address. So uh, there's been speculation both ways. Uh, obviously now that there's a plan to have students on campus, that hurdle's been crossed. Uh, there's there's going to be students back in facilities as early as June the 8th. Uh, as far as Southeastern Conference, to get that stuff off the ground. Pac-12 announced yesterday they're going to do the same thing. Uh, Ohio State's announced that they're going to do the same thing. rest of the Big Ten hasn't announced anything, but Ohio State jumped out there, and I expect everybody to kind of get going uh, here in a couple weeks. But I guess my, my thing is, Boone, are, are we even, even close uh, to a conversation about what if we could have fans in the stands? I don't I honestly don't think so. This thing's moving along so slowly. Um, a lot of different groups and organizations are trying to make plans, and, and I keep seeing the word tentative, and it could all change. Um, everything's pending the health officials, and for some reason they're very stubbornly clinging to the present position they have. I mean, what do you uh, think? What do you think, Ben? You think we should have some fans in the stands? I think um, I think we should start out with spacing and smaller numbers, and really monitor it closely, and be prepared to change it quickly as the situation advises in the favor of that decision. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in the, that same boat. I I think it. it the way this thing's moved, I mean, if you think about it, this whole this whole thing ripped loose in, in East Tennessee about, what, March the 20th? So we're relatively two months from launch, if you will, to where we're at today. Maybe two weeks in a month. Or two months in a week. Wow. Got that flipped around. But uh, And how far we've come in our knowledge of the, under, uh, of the situation, the... the 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 distancing the the relative you know is this enough is it not enough what have you so what i'm saying is is i think you know you look at it we're at may 26th by july 26th which would be two more months which is right before the start of all this thing i think we're going to have a lot more knowledge i think we're going to be a lot farther at least understanding of what the real deal is um People circulated the pictures of the the football games back in the '30s, where during during another pandemic they they just wore face masks and kind of didn't touch each other. Uh, and you know, there's there's some some truth to those things, um, but they also wore three piece suits. I, I don't feel like we're going to do that. Uh, but I think I, I think you let that part ride. You you just be happy uh, that there's a potential that we're going to be playing football. Uh, you know, I think everybody would rather gather at their homes and watch the Vols than to not watch the Vols. So I think uh, we got to baby step this thing. And, and right now, the next great step is students will be on campus this fall. The, the plan is in place to do so. 
which therefore opens the door uh, for football to, to kind of start to progress and, and plan according to a normal schedule. So uh, I think the fans in the stands part is, is still to be determined. Uh, but, again, steps, steps in the right direction, just slowly but surely. The the fear factor just threw everything into to kilter. And, you know, you, you try to get advice and opinions and knowledge and look at all the different sources. And there are, there are doctors that have come forward, and it's like, no big deal if you get it. Uh, they've had people uh, be completely well in like 48 hours. It's it's just a movement, and it, the the nation is split, and we'll have to wait it through and look back and then see the history yeah. and, and how it led it in certain directions. And, and you know, Boone, I, I don't know your opinion, but uh, I'm probably about to hear it. But, uh, I you know, I don't know. I, I've always said, you know, you know, kind of the measure twice, cut once kind of, kind of mentality. I, I don't know that there's anybody out there that wants to be brash enough just to open the door. Uh, and, and, you know, some people say that's a good thing. Some people say it's a bad thing. I, I, I tend to lie there in the middle. I, I don't necessarily see it as a terrible thing, but I, I think there could be a little bit more aggressiveness. But what I'm saying is, 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 and it goes back to that thing I've said from probably the word jump, is we'll never know if we overdid it. We can speculate that we overdid it. We can really feel pretty strongly that it's overdone. But we will never truly know. But it it's a pretty quick and and ugly situation when we under undercover. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I think that's what snuck up on us. Uh, I think we knew about this this pandemic potential uh, back in December and January, and we didn't communicate well. Uh, we didn't want to, uh, uh, you know, we didn't want a widespread panic. We didn't want this or that. But what we had was was infected people the first time somebody heard about it. And that that was a that was a faux pas on our side, and maybe we flipped gears and and overcorrected as a country, as a political society. But I just I, I it's hard for me to say. Go ahead, pull that trigger. Hundreds of people may die. It's it's okay. No, I, I mean I don't know that I feel that way. I just think you you've got to do all the precautions you can, and, and you know what I'm saying, like temperature check, mask, uh, distancing, and, and then. And then you, you kind of you, you have to make that concession. I, th- I think in the long run we're going to look back and we're going to have s- six words to say. What do you expect? It was a presidential election year. All that's going to fall under and fit into place. I'll, I'm cool with anything they've done so far as long as they don't have mail-in votes. I just feel like that's the easiest way to fix something. That's That's the... Quickest way for corruption, you breaking into mailboxes, stealing. Hey, I'm not. I'm not here to speak on politics, but I do want to say something because Lord knows I'm not a political person so much. But you see where Joe Biden uh, announced yesterday that he feels like he can beat Joe Biden. Is this a joke? No, no. This is on like a news channel. I, I'm just scrolling through, and of course, all all the people I follow, they're well more political than I am. And I'm sitting there scrolling, and all of a sudden, Joe Biden announces he can beat Joe Biden. And I'm like, is this some weird, like, I'm talking in the third person, you know, like, uh, you remember on The Replacements, Clifford Franklin? He said, Clifford Franklin. Don't. Always talked in the yeah. third person. So, but, Ricky Henderson, the, all, the basis stolen career leader, would always start a sentence by saying Ricky. <laughs> talking in the third 
But uh, but Ooh. I thought it was one of those situations, and no, he he's in full blown conversation. He looks right in that camera, and he goes, "I am I'm prepared to say I am ready to beat Joe Biden." And I'm like, "Well, comments like that, you ain't got to work real hard." But anyway, did, did you I see digress. where? Um, did you see where he um, was getting close and sniffing the formerly Bruce Jenner's hair? Well, it's kind of it was kind of a meme, but yeah, yeah I, saw, I saw that. I saw that, and when you can get Bruce's nose turned up, you've you've done a lot. But oh, anyway, yeah. anyway, we digress. We digress heavily. But uh, Boone, like I said, I hadn't seen you in a few days. Going to kind of run down the the little last four days, four or five days, but also talk about Tennessee. Uh, locking it up and saying we're going to have people on campus. We're going to take some precautions to keep it safe. Uh, we're going to limit number of people, but we're going to have on-campus learning, which again, like I said, is a step toward college football in Knoxville. And that's something that we've all been scared to lose and risk. Uh, the potential was out there that we would lose it. And so today is one step in that very direction. But Boone, let's take us a break. Listen to our fine sponsors as Wednesday has come. No guest in studio, but want to take a little step back and talk rivalries in sports. We've done it in individual sports, but I want to open it up. We're going to give our top three rivalries of all sports, regardless, individual or team. But we're going to break it down and why. We're going to do it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKBL.com. We'll be back. You don't want to miss it. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. You're finally enjoying the outdoors. Check out the Rule King awesome selection to keep cool in the hot sun, like the Arctic Cove Big Chill Personal Stand Mister. The Big Chill Mister attaches to any standard garden hose and is perfect for the kids. And let's be honest, the adults too. The Big Chill Mister normally sells for $12.98, but for a limited time, only $5.98 each. But hurry, this is while supplies last, only at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, 
Visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grand from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcast and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Wednesday edition. Boone, we, uh, we, we've over these last few weeks, we have exhausted a lot of secondary topics. Uh, I, th- I feel like we've, we've done a decent job of digging in here in Blunt County, finding a lot of great older sports stories and, and bringing those to light. And, and, and you know what? We're, we're going to hopefully – Going into next week, be be able to get back onto our our hundred day countdown until it's football time in Tennessee. But uh, today, I want to kind of sit here and you know, because with the 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 last dance and the the whole Michael and and LeBron that discussion, not that that's necessarily a rivalry, but it makes you go back and think like if there's a if there's a hanging chad, if there's like something that you can't you can't really win a, a side or the other. Uh, where does that sit? And, and, and so I wanted to talk a little rivalry here, and, and, and it can be college football, it can be basketball, it can be, you know, whatever, whatever you want to discuss. But talk a little bit about who you feel like are the top three rivalries in, in, in your experiences, in your, in your fandom, uh, what have you, and we'll uh, we'll kind of mow through here, and we'll we'll go three to one, just because I want to kind of do that build up there. Uh, I'll let you start. Who's your number three rivalry? And this is like I said, across all sports, individual and team of all time. Number three rivalry. I've been watching this for years. I know I was intrigued. I always tried to figure it out. There was an aura in the seats, the bleachers. I just kept trying to figure out, I thought there has to be a good answer for this. Why am I looking over there and all these uppity noses of these spoiled ones from Lexington, Kentucky? (laughs) What is it about them? I hope you're in a basketball arena. Memorial Coliseum. Uh, It's beautiful all of a sudden. You're walking, they're, they're... Lexington, Kentucky, it looks like a paradise. There's acres of grass. I mean, they're just green. You think, oh, I'm looks look- like a pair of something. I'm looking at a putting green, or 
And on one side, you got these wealthy landowners. On the other side, you got these strip places and fast food joints. And I was always just intrigued by the, the division. And you can see it, Wayno and the fans. The, the people are just thinking, how important is it? I'm just so boastful and proud of my pedigree. I'm obsessed with my family bloodlines. I'm even more obsessed with the genealogy of my horses. Um, which county were you born in, sir? You must tell me so I can have an opinion of you. It's just, it's hilarious, so I know. And what's funny is they actually have these thoughts that they're like from uh, Kentucky basketball, if you haven't guessed. They have this very high opinion of themselves. They give their sons names that resemble British people. They consider themselves true noble Southerners, and they've kind of evolved from this uh, famous colonial life. Uh, they they just feel super traditional, and they just, they do a super job of bringing all that family tradition, the manicured lawns, the colonial manners. As you, I've driven up there. I've, I've looked around. They just have this overall aura of I'm the cream of the crop. I am not only the cream of the crop of Kentucky, but the entire nation. And I think that's why you and I refer to uh, them as blue bloods. It's it's just a blue bluegrass conspiracy going on up there, and uh, I just love it every time we just chop them down. Ray Mears owned them, and I like the guy we got now on that round ball taking it to him. Well, it's amazing. Anybody you want to say that was really good at Tennessee's kind of had their way with Kentucky. You know, you've had you had the years, um, the Bruce years, where he took care of Kentucky pretty well. Um, you, you saw where uh, Rick Barnes has been able to to handle Calipari more than he's not. Uh, you saw where Ray Mears was able to do that. So, so Tennessee, Kentucky's your number three. Tennessee, Kentucky. You'll you'll find out. I, I know you were probably thinking, man, he could have done that number one. But uh, oh, I mean, here's the thing, and that's the good thing about list is is it's completely opinionated. Lord knows we we didn't agree on a lot of start bench cuts, buddy. So uh, you feel- just you just remember uh, my age, and it'll explain everything. Well, I have to because you can't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, so it's really hard. Like when I went down this list, I'm sitting here and there's a lot, there's a lot on here and they may, I don't want to steal any thunder or, or, or diminish anything, but there's a lot of like, you know, Yankees, Red Sox. There's a lot of Celtics, Lakers. Uh, there's a lot of these, these rivalries that I'm sitting here and I'm like, those are huge, but they're just really not huge to me. Like, honestly, my little brother's a Red Sox fan and I'm a Yankee fan. I don't dislike him. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't college football runs way deeper in my house than than baseball does. And and that doesn't make my house any better or any worse than anybody else. You can, you just, can take jabs at him but in certain series during the season. Well, I can, but he's 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 a fan cuz he likes the hat. It's not it's not as fun. <laughs> it's not as fun as it would be. But uh but anyway, I I see these rivalries that are really they're they're low-hanging fruit. You know what I'm saying? But I, I tried to get lists or, or rivalries that literally you got to pick a side. You know what I'm saying? Like like a lot of people would say Ohio State-Michigan. Well, I don't like either one of them. So it's hard for me to really care about that rivalry. Alabama-Auburn, huge rivalry. But I just, I don't, okay, me and Auburn got a little something in common. 
that we don't like Alabama, but now that Bruce is down there and he's kind of ruined two seasons for us, I don't really like it. I don't really like Auburn. So uh, that's kind of where I stand there. So my number three, and this one's a, this one's a little uh, – uh, it's ACC basketball. It's funny that we, all, we both pick basketball rivalries as number three. If you say who I think you're going to say, I actually entertained – the uh, the Lakers uh-huh. in Boston, and then um, at, you were talking about Albert, Alabama and Auburn football, right? Mm-hmm. I entertained that one. Yeah, I'm going Duke, North Carolina. Oh my god! And the reason I put that at three is because it is a blue blood rivalry. It is it is a a pick the side, split the state. You know, do do that thing. And 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 you know, you and I had the opportunity to go to Duke. Uh, to watch a basketball game. And even though they were playing Boston College, there were still people talking about how much they didn't like North Carolina. They were still talking about uh, different things that, that, that that's why Duke's better. It's one of those you got to pick the sides. It's on Tobacco Road. I mean, the whole dynamic of that rivalry is one that just splits the state. And I think the reason it kind of clicks with me is because I don't have to – I don't really have to live and die by the rivalry. I think I can respect it. I can enjoy it. They're in the same conference. They play each other twice a year. And I just really I really like the the battle. I, I thought that I gained a lot of respect for Duke uh, as we went over there. And, and of course, I didn't really have a side probably. Uh, I probably said I did, but I didn't. Uh, but now I'd probably ride, uh, ride the Duke side of the, the bench. And, uh, and so I, I like that rivalry. I think the, the, the kids that grow up in North Carolina want that both ways. And uh, Jason Ward says, go Duke. I knew that was coming. Can you believe uh, how educated we were just standing there going through the line? Well, if you listen – well, yeah. But if you listen – By the to, fans. Yeah. and But Jason Ward, man, he's he's all about it. He, he remembered all the great players, and he was telling me all the good things about where shots were taken and different things like that. So, uh, he's, just, he's just amazing. Between knowing you, uh, Jason Ward, and a couple others uh, – I, I get all the sports I need. I, I feel like I'm the lucky one. But, uh, but you know, I like the Duke-North Carolina rivalry. Uh, it, it's probably number one in a lot of people's list, but uh, I'm going to put it at three because I just feel like I got a couple more uh, that's that's going to step right on up. But uh, anyway, what do you think about that? Is that a good number three? Is that a fair number three? I love it. And it didn't have Kentucky in it. Because here's, here's my whole quandary with Kentucky. You know, they've got the most wins, 2,000 wins. Like they had two thousand wins, what six seven years ago now? I mean they've 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 eclipsed a lot of numbers, right? But you know what? When you say blue blood, maybe in some maybe outside the state of Kentucky, I think people would say Kansas, Duke, North Carolina before they'll say Kentucky. Maybe not. Maybe I'm maybe I'm jaded. I, I don't know. Uh, if, and, and if I'm wrong, or if you have a different opinion, give me a call eight six five. Nine eight three four three one zero, but uh, I just you know Kentucky's always gonna you know they're they're always gonna be that uh, that raw looking blue blood. Whereas I feel like Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, uh, they 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 don't have to speak it because people know it. And so anyway, that's why I put them cats a little lower on the list. But what you got at number two, Boone? Those cats are gonna be in trouble if they're ever put in a certain spot and they have to say whether they should be called a green state (laughs) persuasion i got number two uh i've had a question that's bothered me my entire life what 
did Vince Lombardi have that allowed him to be such a monstrously successful dynasty, first three-peat in the modern NFL era? What a lot of people forget is Curly Lambeau three-peated 29, 30, and 31. I wasn't alive back then. Save you the question. But Vince Lombardi, no, I mean. you'd been born. You, you were, a, you were. Well, no one left to remember it. Uh, I don't count. <laughs> well, that's, we're back in those days, I guess. When the Dallas Cowboys were fighting it out with the Green Bay Packers, that, that was the beginning of something so great. And Lombardi was able to edge Tom Landry out both times. I had kind of a double-edged sword here. I had Vince Lombardi against is my chief rival against his own players because of what I learned about him. And then I've got the Cowboys against the Packers because everybody that witnessed or heard about the famous Ice Bowl, these two teams became eventually became America's teams. But there were just so many things with him. Tom Landry... He, he he just offered so much. Like I told you, I wanted to know a little bit about him, and I've just been mystically attracted to how he was so unbelievably getting the edge every game. Landry summed it up really nicely, Wayne. He said uh, it was the suffering together that made the Packers a great team. What he means together is Vince and the players. And Vince made them suffer, I remember reading. Takes a special kind of character – to know when to let up. He would get them to the point of a player getting ready to choke him to death, black his eye, and a magical voice in his head said, back off. Then he would crack a joke. But he's magically pressed these players to levels. And then um, he was able to crack a joke, like I said, and uh, get everybody back on the right track. But the ice bowl, uh, they described Landry as like a walrus. He had these icicles hanging from his nostrils. Bob Lilly said, I had to be careful. Uh, my nose was dripping, and I reached up to get it. And if I had pulled, I would have ripped membrane from the inner lining of my nose because it was 20 below zero. <laughs> but uh, just so many famous things. But the one big thing about Vince Lombardi is he established so much confidence in his players and he taught them uh, so much character. They didn't know it, but he tortured them. The torture built character. And then once you had the character, it built hope. And then once you had the hope, they were never out of a game they ever played because they thought there's going to be some way and we're going to win it. And, uh, the other thing I was going to talk about was uh, Lombardi was able to uh, motivate. They call him a master uh, psychologist. He could look at 12 different players on his team, and his brain allowed him to treat all 12 of them differently. And he would just glance at them, and in a few seconds, he summed up how much effort they'll put forth, whether I can berate them uh, he learned very quickly that Bart Starr was never to be criticized in front of the players. He had to take him into a private room and kind of scold him a little bit. And Bart said, you're not going to criticize me in front of the team because they'll lose respect for me. 
Hmm. But you talking about a master motivator. So it's going to be uh, Vince Lombardi and his Packers and the Cowboys and what they've evolved into today. Well, mine doesn't have all that, all that background. <laughs> uh, my number two, it stays a little closer to home. I, I put Tennessee in it. And it's uh, none other than the the rivalry that is coined has its own Wikipedia page for the name of the rivalry. Third Saturday in October, Tennessee Alabama. There's there's nothing more. Um, and everybody's like, well, a rivalry. Both teams have to win. Well, look over the history of the rivalry, and you'll see you'll see a lot of wins. Uh, in, in the mid '50s, Tennessee shut out Alabama three straight years uh, to to kind of take a pretty good stranglehold on the rivalry. Uh, they beat them 20 to nothing, 24 to nothing, and 14 to nothing to kind of set the tone there in, in the, the middle portion or the post-Neyland era, but the middle portion of the century. Um, but Tennessee and Alabama have, have kind of locked horns for, for, for over, you know, over 100 years, nearly 100 times. They had a little hiatus there in the middle uh, where they were not playing. Uh, but Tennessee and Alabama, it's still a coin it's still a coined thing. The third Saturday in October. It's not Tennessee, Alabama. It's the third Saturday in October. You don't, you, you know, we don't call Florida the the third Saturday in in September. You, you know, it's just it's not the same. And and yeah, that's a Johnny Come Lately rivalry, and probably a little more heated. But when you talk about traditional, when you talk about benchmark, and when you talk about two teams that put Southern football on the map, it's Tennessee and it's Alabama. And, and the reason I love that is because you look at it and arguably in, in the game of football, a lot of, a lot of northern people are going to put some of those Ohio State coaches, uh, some, some of those, those other, you know, Penn and, 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 and what have you coaches in that upper tier of coaches. But when you look at Paul Bear Bryant and you look at General Robert Nealon, it, it's hard to say that those two guys aren't cornerstones of what, what made college football what it is today. And, and you know, uh, a lot of people say, well, you, you know, they, they didn't play in the same era, what have you, but they did play. Uh, Bear never beat the general. Uh, he's noted as saying at the, uh, at the retirement speech of General Nealon uh, that he's glad that the guy's retiring because he's, he's basically tired of getting sick and losing sleep over it. So I, I think when things got to that point and when a, when a you know, quote-unquote um, – immortal of the sport like Bear Bryant can say that about an opponent I think that speaks to the rivalry Tennessee Alabama uh, has gotten a little way a little away from us here in the last few years but I think that's what has spurred uh, the 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 names that that have come to Tennessee and what we're trying to to get built back here but I mean if you look down the history you take out General Nealon and, and Bear Bryant look at the names uh, that's been there at Alabama that's been there uh, at uh, at at Tennessee at different times. I mean, Gene Stallings and and Philip Fulmer in the '90s. I mean, you look at those two two guys, two national championship winning coaches, uh, both really battling uh, in those early goings for for supremacy. I mean, you look at it, and this this rivalry started on a six six tie, and I don't think the intensity's let up. Uh, I, I love what it means. A lot of people said in these later years. Hey, we're 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 not what we used to be. We need to cut that Alabama game out, and and the purest and and the the people who know know best and say no. That's that's a game that whether whether your measuring stick is is showing low tide or high tide, 
Uh, it's time to it's time to level up. It's time to get where you need to be. And, and whether it's in the '90s, the late '90s, Alabama came to Knoxville knowing they were going to get their tails whipped. And then and then here lately, Alabama's had the upper hand. But I think you know as as we continue to get better, as Alabama continues their streak, uh, it only sweetens the pot that third Saturday in October uh, when these two lock up. They and called it the Southern Classic at one time. I mean, it's just it, it's one of those things where you know where you're at when Tennessee plays Alabama. And the droughts lead to uh, heroes. Uh, Johnny Jones, famous name because we'd lost to him 11 years in a row. And it, it builds legends. The players just work harder, and it adds meaning to the, uh, the term wait till next year. We've been off. we, we got to get back on with this recruiting and uh, make this rival even more intense. Well, and Tennessee's beating Alabama more than anybody else. Uh, it, really? You know that Auburn's played them a lot, and 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 Auburn's beat them a lot, but not as much as Tennessee. So I, I think it's a it's one to keep in the front of your mind, and it it sits at number two on my list. So so Boone, the time has come. You must uh, you've had two really good ones leading up to this. Uh, where are you going to sit with number one? You notice these famous rivalries. Uh, you're nothing unless you got a nickname. The Battle of Pistol Creek, man. It's a premier showcase. It's just amazing through the years, the names, the running backs alone. I mean, uh, God's going to come down, and what he's going to do is say, I'm tired of all you people bragging. All right, he's going to pick individuals through all the years, put them on the same football field. You're going to have Danny Spradlin out there tackling Al Davis. You're going to have every – Star player, three deep at every position. They're going to battle it out. And uh, but what do we what do we have? Like thirty two uh, state championships between us. Thirty three, I think. And uh, the reason I picked it is it's just such an emotional high. It doesn't matter how many times you've seen it. The names and faces change. The kids work out so hard. You drive by the stadium, they're out there just running, sweating, fifty yard line doing sprints. New names, a little bit hot. But, uh, you know, you battle the heat and you watch. And they, Maryville and Alcoa just, just keep vying for this all-time record of who's going to have the most state championships. I just love it. Yeah, they they keep switching hands. Uh, again, Alcoa on the upside right now. I think they've got actually 35, Boone. I think Alcoa's got 18 and Maryville's got 17 now. So um, here's the deal. That's a, that's a phenomenal rivalry. And I, I've had the opportunity the last couple of years uh, to be a part of it in some capacity here at the station. And, and, you know, it's just – it's one of those deals. It's not a conference game. It's not a game that, that really, in the grand scheme of your season, dictates where you go in the postseason. But you wouldn't know that if you showed up on Friday night. Uh, I remember, you know, we went over there uh, to Alcoa this past year. They've, they've added the, the visitor press box, and, and, and they've done some different things. And uh, and I'm chilling, you know, just, just waiting on it. And – it's an hour before game time, and the Maryville side's packed. They're ready to go. It's 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 blazing hot. It was September the twelfth. I'll never forget, and not a cloud in the sky, and it's just blazing hot. And here comes the Maryville faithful. Here walks out the Rebels, and uh, and it was on from there. And and just a just an onslaught of game that that you couldn't you couldn't ask for a better performance. Three to three was the score going into the fourth quarter. And then Maryville ended up pulling pulling it out and and having the victory there this season. But uh, again, well, you know what would be fun is just to only go back to 2010 and say I'm going to count the number uh, the running backs that are Division One. 
I oh, mean, yeah. you're talking some talent over there. It's really good. On yeah. both sides of the field. And, and and the thing is, it's still there. I mean, guys like Gray Carroll at Alcoa is going to be a D1 prospect. Uh, guys guys at uh, at Maryville, although they're going to be a young team, I, I think you look at guys here in the next couple of years uh, that's going to have opportunities kind of coming at them from all angles. I mean, even even not even on the football field, there's just athletes and things as, as you know uh, – has Sloan there that was on Maryville's team last year. Now he's going to Tennessee as a cheerleader. Uh, has had has had that career opportunity come to him. Uh, this is just a that's a rivalry that's just I don't know. It's it's one of those that locally you can't beat it. I, I mean I I come from outside the county and I always heard about Maryville and Alcoa. Maryville and Alcoa. If you want to go to a game, you want to go to a rivalry game, go to Maryville Alcoa. You you better get there early because you're not going to get a seat. Uh, but go to Maryville Alcoa and I, I'll agree. Uh, I've been to a, a Morristown East and West. I've been to to a lot of these these Knox County rivalries. I've been I've been to other ones up in, in Upper East Tennessee. Uh, Greenville Elizabethan's a pretty good rivalry, uh, and nothing compares. Uh, you didn't to know Alcoa. Jay Guillermo was All American center. Mm-hmm. He goes to Clemson and starts national championship. Mm-hmm. You you didn't get here in time to watch him play. Did no you? sir, no sir. But I heard he was a monster. Oh, he was, and uh, I think they played in that. Uh, the uh, nationally televised game uh, his senior year, but it was awesome. But unbelievable rivalry, and yeah, you got to have a nickname. If it's a good rivalry, it's got a nickname. And the Battle of Pistol Creek, uh, I mean, it just doesn't it doesn't sound much. Jerry Rice was here, and uh, the quarterback that went to Vanderbilt, Pat and Robinette. Yep, it's, and it's, had, it's had it all through the years. Well, I'm I'm going to stay in the college football ranks just because that's that's kind of my bread and butter. That's where I stick most of the time, and that's where I've I've spent most of my adult life as a fan of is college football. You know, if Peyton Manning hadn't been to the NFL, I don't know that I would have known that there's one right now. Honestly, I just <laughs> I just I just love the college game, love what it bring, brings to the table, the passion, the the intensity, and honestly, the willingness of the players to want to learn. I, I just I, I think that's something that somewhat goes dormant. Uh, when they get to the league, but uh, I'm going to go with Army Navy, and, and and the reason I say that is because it's just amazing uh, the dynamic that they bring to the table. Uh, you, you know, these guys aren't uh, ready to sign big contracts with the NFL and go play. They're not interested in leaving in three years. Uh, they're not going to do that. Uh, they're 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 looking down the barrel of a four year agreement. Uh, to serve their country uh, when they get done. The cadets that file in and the the fact that they watch that game, rain, snow, sun, or whatever, uh, they're in full uniform and cheering their guys on. There's nothing nothing more uh, patriotic, nothing more, uh, y- you know, I-, I guess reverent uh, than, than that. And then when the game's done and it's played, they, they actually go to each side and play the alma mater and play – play their their fight song and things and it's just it's utmost respect you you see a level of 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 physicalness and fundamentals that you just don't see in a lot of other venues uh and and they've uh they've kind of quarantined it off uh into its own weekend to where you can really appreciate it really observe it and it's another one of those guys those army guys don't like navy and uh the navy guys don't like army and it's funny, I've got one of each in, in my family. So uh, I love the rivalry, love what it stands for, and one of these days uh, I'm going to get a ticket, and it's going to happen. And you got your uh, Heisman Trophy winner, Roger the Dodger, and uh, they're basically uh, preserving our freedom 
if you look at the things that they get done as far as energy, discipline, focus of the mind, it's, it's totally amazing how much they can get accomplished. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love the rivalry. Love love what we all picked. I can't believe we didn't have like one that was similar. I thought I thought in the grand scheme I thought you were gonna say Maribel Alcoa football. You know, I just knew you were gonna say it. <laughs> I love it, but it, you know, it's one of those deals like I wanted to to be a touch different. Different's not always good, but it, it's sometimes Well it's a good thing I said it, we would have left it out. Oh no, we wouldn't have. It would have been on I, I'd have changed gears somewhere. Somewhere along the way. I can always leave out at ACC schools. But anyway, we'll uh, we'll uh, flip gears and talk about Major League Baseball, how they're going to pay, cut the big boys, and how they're feeling about it. We'll talk on the flip. You're listening to The Grind. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. The Blunt Partnership is committed to leading the Blunt County business community through this coronavirus outbreak. We will continue to be a resource for all businesses as well as supplying up-to-date information for our community. Please check out our website for updated information at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Your local Blount County Community Food Connection is still open serving local families in time of need and hardship. We provide prepackaged groceries to help meet your nutritional and dietary needs. The Community Food Connection is open Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. until noon for drive-up delivery only. Residents are asked to remain in their vehicle so that our volunteers may safely distribute the food. Directions as to how to enter and depart the facility will be clearly displayed. We thank you for your cooperation and look forward to serving you at your Blount County Community Food Connection. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blunt County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007, or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. 
Getting America on its feet again will require work, tough work. Rule King believes that work done right starts with workwear done better, like Ariat. Ariat is like you, tough, determined, and tested. Ariat's groundbreaker wide square toe boot is just $119.99, and the Work Hog Patriot work boot is just $189.99. Try out the complete selection of Ariat workwear and boots at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grand from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out right here on a Wednesday edition of the grind. But, uh, Boone, we've got about six minutes to, to finish up here. What about Major League Baseball uh, looking to rekindle the season? Uh, but right now the big topic of discussion is is who's going to take the pay cut and how are they feeling about it? The big big dogs of the sport, the, the high, highest paid look to be the guys with the biggest cut coming their way. And uh, I don't know. I, I guess how how should they feel about it, Boone? Should it be one of those, uh, you know, what's good for the game situations? Or uh, or is this is this wrong by baseball to, to put the, the weight on the heavy guys? I think it's wrong. You don't like it. There was a saying. I can't remember the exact wording of it. I'm sure you can remember it, but uh, – the the owners want everybody else to take some of their losses but but it's private and only them when it comes to to making money the players they have too much i mean they're going to be uh five months away from their family to start off with they're going to be tested every time they turn around they're going to be quarantined out west somewhere and from the indications of the things i've read it looks like there's they had to restructure the language did they not to where if, if they go okay now it's not empty stadiums now it's stadiums with people fans then then they're uh subject to get more money but what they're really hot about uh didn't they have a deal done the 170 million then all of a sudden the owners are like oh let's change it see i don't know i i just feel like at some level uh does it really take like 17 19 million uh to play a, a, a one season of baseball you know what i would do for 17 million you know what i do for 7 million i i guess what i'm saying is so you're is, saying they should just be happy if they get to work what i'm saying is 
is a little bit of something's better than a whole lot of nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, because if they don't have a season, it's it's pay me now or pay me later. If I I feel I feel because the system's going to win, the system will win. And what I'm saying by that is is they will learn from this experience if if it's mitigated out to where they don't take any cuts from the big players. It will the language will be there in your next contract. It will say if there's a stoppage of play, this many games missed will be this percentage of pay. This you know you know what I'm saying. So it's one of those deals, and and and, and we've seen it with the XFL. We've seen it with a lot of different things. If it's going to be a loss, they'll just not have the season. And so I, I think there is a little bit of of responsibility on these big names of the sports, the Bryce Harpers of the world, the you, you know all the big names that you can think of that have the monster contracts, the Garrett Coles. I mean, I'm a Yankee fan, but Garrett Cole, um, these big contracts, it's it's kind of their you, you know they're the carriers of the brand, if you will. And, and from my in my perspective, I'm not saying to work for pennies. I'm not saying to to not go out there. But I mean, if you go from making like nine million a start to making like three million a start, I feel like that's still probably pretty good money. You know what I'm saying? I, I right. I'm not interested in them owing <laughs> owing money, but at the same rate, you know, uh, you know, I remember I remember one time we looked at somebody's contract and it what it's not even the biggest contract right now, and it was something like literally six hundred fifty thousand or a million per at bat. Like I don't know that. There, there's nowhere in the world that that's necessary. You know what I'm saying? So I, I guess what I'm saying is is they've got more fat to cut because all their contracts are negotiated around revenue generated by fans in the stands. And if there's not fans in the stands, there's no revenue to generate. Therefore, uh, something's got to give. And, and to me, uh, I think the owners are going to give whether they want to or not given the fact that there's no no income from the ticket sales. Did you did you nibble and bite on the idea that there would be a lot more revenue because of uh, TV without the fans starting out and more people tuning in there? Yeah, the problem is that number's fixed. That number's fixed. Like, like the TV station's going to make a lot more money. But as far as the distribution, I, right. I believe that's kind of fixed. I, I don't think that's going to impact the, the ball clubs. I think that's going to impact the – that's going to be, uh, you know, Turner Broadcasting or Fox Sports or whatever. That's who's going to impact from that. No, I think the TV revenue is going to go way up. And just I don't know that it's going to trickle down to the clubs. Well, the the travel secretaries have have actually started moving and and doing things. I'm trying to figure out is that in preparation? Do you think, or is it a sign that we're going to see something here in the next few days? Oh, I think I think by July we're playing baseball again. I think that's the legit, legit thing. They're going to have to get some people into places, testing, probably a two-week quarantine, and then I think we'll see some 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 movement there in the month of June, and then some baseball there in July. But you know, I like I said, I don't know. I I think there's a there's a little bit of give and take. I'm not interested in in no uh, no uncertain uh, impact from the owners, but I think as a as an organization. Uh, you're telling me guys like uh, Johnny Unitas and guys like you know Roger Staubach and and those guys wouldn't take a few dollars a cut just to get back out there. Oh, they lived week to week. So Did, didn't have a if a guy's parent uh, family member died, that the owner had to loan him money to fly home to a funeral. But he would, right? Lombardi did. So we'll see. We'll see how the the culture has changed and what baseball is worth to the owners and the players. 
Uh, we'll see how that shakes out here in the next few days, few weeks. But right now, we're out of time. Don't miss the top of the hour. Jason Swain, the Swain event. But take care, be safe, and yes, grind on. <laughs>